A Divine Comedy, a good omens multi-voice podfic, written by Waywater and read by Sky Asimaru and Trap. Chapter 9. That's Comedy Baby. Summary, in which Crowley makes a panicked phone call in a hotel bathroom. Like you do. And some more conversations are had. Crowley turned on the water as soon as he closed the bathroom door behind him. He did not, however, get into the shower immediately. No, he fished his mobile out of his damp pocket with trembling fingers, and he called Anathema. Hi! Oh my god, are you there? Has he kissed you? Where are you? Have you kissed him? Crowley didn't know which question to answer first, so he just tried to keep breathing. He breathed slowly and purposefully into the mobile, completely lost as to how to start. Tony? Are you okay, friend? Friend jolted something alive in him, pathetic bastard that he was. Anathema! Crowley croaked, his voice a thick blend of wonder and panic. Fuck! Was he about to start crying? Fuck! What happened? Where are you? Where's Aziraphale? He's in the next room, ordering some tea. Hmm. Probably should have guessed that one, huh? He loves me, Anathema. Crowley grinned despite himself. Anathema's intense reaction made the whole situation feel... sort of real. Aziraphale loved him. The little dream he'd kept locked deep in his slight, angry heart might be coming true. Once upon a time, there was an angry bastard of a comedian named Anthony Jai Crowley. Aziraphale loved him. Wait, if he loves you, why is he in the next room and why is his tongue occupied with literally anything else? <laughs> You're a bit of a pervert, you know that? Crowley, why on earth are you calling me right now? We got caught in the rain. Crowley explained, grinning further still when Anathema let out an impossibly dreamy sigh. And we ran back to our hotel, and he told me he loved me, and he kissed me. Tony, I'm thrilled to know all of this, but why are you calling me right now? I'm in the bathroom. Crowley lowered his voice to a whisper, suddenly a bit concerned that Anathema's loud enthusiasm might get them kicked out of the hotel. I'm supposed to be taking a shower. And I ask again. Oh, Crowley could perfectly envision the twinkle in Anathema's eyes. Why is Aziraphale not in the shower with you right now?
Crowley's grin faded as he remembered. We're... we're going to have a conversation first. Oh, which conversation? I think... I think the conversation. There was a silence on the other end that stopped Crowley's blood cold. Please keep talking to me, he asked quietly, working hard not to hate himself for the request. Sure, of course. I'm just thinking, okay? Okay. What do you want? And Crowley was tired and terrified and soaking wet, so he thought he might give sincerity a try. He took a deep, steadying breath. Anathema, I want to hold his hand and bring him flowers. I want the first thing I do each morning to be getting his tea exactly right. I want to be in charge of his birthday cake. I want... Tony! Crowley looked at himself in the mirror looked at the long, thin ghoul staring back at him with wild, yellow eyes, fire-red hair plastered to his forehead and neck. He looked like a fucking monster, Crowley mused with a miserable lurch in his stomach. Red hair, yellow eyes, stupid black clothes. What was the rule about red, yellow and black snakes? Which ones were venomous? Which ones were dangerous? Crowley swore under his breath, momentarily forgetting that Anathema was still there. Tony? I just love him, Anathema. I want to be allowed to love him. I know you do, dear friend. And that's beautiful. So... Why do I feel so shitty? Because you've spent years convincing yourself you're some awful, horrible thing. Anathema sounded sad, and Crowley wanted to smash his head into the mirror, so that he never had to look at himself again. Why can't you trust us that you're wrong? Crowley didn't have an answer for that. Why can't you forgive yourself, Crowley? <laughs> Unforgivable, Anathema. That's what I am. You're wrong. And I bet Aziraphale thinks so, too. Tony. Anathema said, her voice thick with an earnest laugh he didn't know he could bear. We love you. Aziraphale loves you. Imagine what life could be like if you got with the program and started loving yourself. Crowley squeezed his eyes shut again. He was definitely going to cry. Fuck his entire stupid life. I love you. And I believe in you. So take a shower, take a deep breath. And go tell that wonderful man the truth. Okay. And call me back whenever you need, all right? All right. Love you, Tony.
I love you too, Anathema. Thermobile clicked to silence, and Crowley felt terribly alone. He scrunched up his face, fighting the misery welling up in him, threatening to spill over. It wasn't supposed to go this way. This first night he kissed Aziraphale fell. He wasn't supposed to be a disaster this soon. He was supposed to be able to keep it together for a fucking night. Breathe, Crowley. He did. Crowley finally stepped into the shower. As was frustratingly common, the shower didn't really seem designed with tall people in mind. Crowley crouched a little to get his head under the stream and wrapped his arms around himself, suddenly deeply covetous of any warmth he could get. Get it together, he growled to himself, the hot water trickling down his body. He snarled again. No, fuck, stop being a dick to yourself. It's okay, you're okay, Crowley. He didn't believe it yet, but it was nice to hear it all the same. He forced himself to take his time with all the little hotel shampoos and soaps and whatnot. Forced himself for once not to rush through taking care of himself. Aziraphale was out there. He'd just gone to get tea. He was waiting. Crowley hadn't fucked it up. Yet, you're okay, Anthony. He said again, surprising himself with the use of his first name. Crowley stepped out of the shower and realized with horror that he'd not actually brought any dry clothes into the bathroom with him. Hanging up on the wall beside the towels was a set of truly awful fluffy pink bathrobes. Crowley ran his fingers through his clean, wet hair and swore. This might as well happen. He slipped the soft rope over his shoulders and belted it as tightly as he possibly could around his waist. He surveyed himself once more in the mirror. He felt a little bit like an Easter bunny gone terribly, terribly wrong. <laughs> Funny. Did you hear that? Funny. Crowley placed his hand on the bathroom door, trying not to feel too keenly or awarely that, quite possibly, the rest of his entire life lived on the other side of that door. Aziraphale sat at the little desk, two mugs of tea in front of him, tucked into the corner of the room. The beds loomed conspicuously between the two of them. Aziraphale's lips twitched fondly at the sight of Crowley and the rope. <laughs> I thought I'd try something new. Crowley answered the questioning smile, gesturing to his ridiculous self. <laughs> it's a remarkable look, my dear. Crowley crossed the room and slumped onto the bed nearest the desk. Aziraphale passed him his cup of tea. 
They clinked cups in a silent toast, and each took a second to steady himself, drinking deeply of the hot tea. How is Anathema doing? Ziraphil asked finally, smiling kindly. Oh, fuck! <laughs> She's good, Crowley answered, looking down at the muck in his hands. I think... Um... Honestly, we didn't really get around to talking about how she's doing. I'm a shit friend, really. Hmm. Maybe you just needed her more than she needed you tonight. I think that's the mark of a beautiful friendship. I haven't had friends in a long time. Not really, anyway. Aziraphale nodded his head and sipped his tea. Nor I neither. Crowley took a deep swig of his own tea, relishing the sudden flood of warmth. Flavors of orange and spice lingered on his tongue, and he wished he could be kissing a Zeraphil again, sharing that sweetness with him. Talk first, kiss later. What do you need from me, Crowley? You're still soaked all the way through, Aziraphale. Yes, Will. I think I need to have this conversation before I can do anything else, my dear. Yeah, fair. May I start with a question, my dear? Anything, Angel. Your reaction to our kiss, to what I told you... Aziraphale's lips wobbled as he spoke, clearly working hard to continue looking at Crowley's face. Have I overstepped? Have I done something wrong? Crowley shook his wet head violently. No, never. Then why do you seem so miserable, Crowley? Crowley drummed his fingers against a warm mug. Twenty years ago, uh, once upon a time, there was a strange young man named Anthony Jai Crowley. He was talented and promising, and someone good and kind loved him with his full heart. And I wish there was an evil witch or a beguiling serpent to blame, but the truth is... Just, he fucked it all up. He fucked it all up about as hard as a strange young man even can fuck things up. Crowley told Aziraphale the entire story. It felt like only yesterday. Fuck, two days ago? He'd told Anathema the same story. About Fred, about Hollywood, all of it. He felt exhausted and small, bearing his ugly heart to the soft lighting of this floofy hotel room, before the ever-present and softer still glow of a Aziraphale. Thank you for telling me, Aziraphale said in a quiet voice. Crowley nodded, too tired to say anything else. May I tell you a story now? Crowley nodded again. 
Once upon a time, there was an angel named Aziraphale Fell. He was good and sweet and kind and clever, but he was also scared. His cowardice hurt people. Fellow good, sweet, kind, clever people who loved him. He didn't want to hurt them any more. So he went away and locked himself up in a tower called Tadfield Middle School. He had long given up hope anyone might be coming to rescue him. We all make mistakes, Crowley. Aziraphale concluded, tears now dripping freely down both their faces. We learn from them. We do better. Aziraphale, I want to do better by you more than I think I've ever wanted to do anything. And I, you, sweet friend, it's like a dream stealing away to this festival with you. <laughs> like a bloody fairy tale, really. <laughs> and I adore fairy tales. But I love you beyond that. I love you beyond comedy classes and festivals. Crowley forgot every word he'd ever known. He stood up and swept Aziraphale into his arms, hugging him ferociously. They stood like that for a long time, two damp, anxious comedians, holding each other and still crying a little, and working hard to keep breathing. I think I will take that shower now. Take your time. I'll be here. Aziraphale smiled and retreated to the bathroom. Crowley retrieved his mobile again and started pushing buttons with, finally, steady fingers. Talked. It's going to be okay. We're going to be okay. I'm so fucking proud of you. You're not allowed to be proud of me. I'm the teacher, remember? <laughs> You're an idiot in snakeskin boots, and I love you terribly. <laughs> I love you too. Thanks. Any time. Now, go tear his bow tie off with your teeth, okay? Good night, Anathema. Aziraphale returned from the bathroom in his own ridiculously pink robe. Crowley nodded his approval as he stowed his mobile on the nightstand between the two beds. <laughs> Suits you. <laughs> May I please hold you, darling? Crowley nodded. Aziraphale smiled and stepped forward. He took a seat beside Crowley on the bed and lifted a warm hand up to brush the still damp hair off of Crowley's forehead. Crowley sighed at the touch. Oh, my lovely friend. 
ein Jew. And the Raphael placed his hands on Crowley's shoulders and gently bore him back against the pillows. Crowley shifted to lie on her side, certain his heart was going to explode out of his body. The warmth and softness of Aziraphale at his back was the most comforting feeling he'd ever known. He closed his eyes as Aziraphale wrapped his arms around him. Crowley closed his eyes and wished he could live inside of this moment for the rest of eternity. Isn't this a bit early for you to fall asleep, Aziraphale? Crowley murmured, already drifting off, entirely exhausted. Yes, but it's entirely too late for me to be holding you like this. <laughs> Corny, shut up and get some sleep, my dear. Crowley nuzzled into the pillows and pulled Aziraphale's arms more tightly around him, falling into the loveliest sleep he'd yet known. Friday morning, the first day of the end of the world comedy festival. The quaint little breakfast place filled Crowley with an embarrassing sort of hope. As they were seated at their table, Crowley was reminded violently of Jasmine Cottage. He thought back to all the days and nights he'd already spent there with Aziraphale, poring over jokes, telling stories, trying not to faint over Aziraphale eating cake. He wondered what would be different about outings to Jasmine Cottage now. Would they hold hands across their table? Better not. Anathema would never be able to handle it. Well, Anathema wasn't there now, and it was his first opportunity to love Aziraphale in the light of day. So Crowley took a deep breath and pulled back Aziraphale's chair for him. Aziraphale looked so delighted, and Crowley didn't know whether to feel terribly pleased with himself or to try to panic-swallow an entire menu. Breathe, Crowley. All right, Angel. You've got a show tonight. Warm-up time. Aziraphale cracked his knuckles, and Crowley laughed him. Eggs. Crowley offered, taking inspiration from their recently served breakfast dishes. 99 eggs walk into a bar. The barkeep says, we don't serve eggs here. And the eggs say, well, that's fine. This place isn't really all it's cracked up to be. Ha! <laughs> Excellent! Excellent even? Ha! <laughs> Bacon! Ninety-nine steps of bacon walk into a bar. The barkeep says, we don't serve bacon here. And the bacon says, well, that's very peakish of you. <laughs> coffee. Ninety-nine cups of coffee walk into a bar. The barkeep says, we don't serve cups of coffee here. And the coffee says, oh, can't you make an exception this once? We promise not to spill the beans.
Crowley didn't generally assume he'd end up in heaven, so he didn't bother to imagine it often. If he'd been hard-pressed to picture it, though, coming up with puns with a zero fill over a fancy breakfast might have been it. Okay, one more. Pancakes. Aziraphale grinned right back, and Crowley loved him when he was nervous, but he was quite nearly overwhelmed when Aziraphale was something close to confident. When Aziraphale showed any kind of glimmer that perhaps he knew he was as wonderful as Crowley knew him to be. 99 pancakes walk into a bar. The barkeep says, we don't serve pancakes. And the pancakes say, well, there's no need to get into such a flap, Jack. Crowley leaned across the table to kiss him. Breakfast was a perfectly lovely affair, which made it all the worse when, just as Crowley was about to tempt Aziraphale with the idea of a second pastry situation, Fucking Michael Archer strode purposefully into the restaurant and directly to the table. She was entirely too put together to do an actual double-take at the side of them together. At the side of has-been Anthony J. Crowley, leaning over the table towards Aziraphale fell, impossibly and obviously smitten. Her eyes did widen a touch, though. Anthony J. Crowley. Michael looked at him as though he were something supremely distasteful. What a surprise to see you here. Crowley felt his blood begin to boil at the disdain in her voice, fed the familiar urge to pick a fight. But then he looked across the table again at Aziraphale. Protect him, always. The one and only. He finally responded lamely, tipping his coffee cup in a salute. Still a comedian at all? She asked, not that it sounded as though she cared even a little bit. Well, what else am I supposed to be? An aardvark? Yes, there's that quick wit and brilliance that got you so much attention in Hollywood. I remember now. Forgive me. Crowley felt Aziraphale's eyes on him, but he didn't dare meet them. Didn't dare face Aziraphale's shock on his behalf. If they were going to do this... Aziraphale was going to have to get used to people talking to him like the dick he'd definitely once been. Aziraphale, I need to steal you away and get you prepared for tonight. And Crowley wasn't proud, but the phrase, steal you away, was staggers to his weak heart. Oh, Aziraphale looked back and forth from Michael to Crowley, clearly uncomfortable by the interaction so far. Well, yes, I suppose I must, then. Crowley? Fuck. It was the night of the student showcase all over again, only somehow worse. 
Crowley didn't know if he'd ever get used to the awful feeling of Aziraphale getting up and walking away from him. That's part of it, though, his brain whispered in a kind voice that didn't sound much unlike Anathema's. Letting him go and trusting he's coming back. Go on then, Angel. Crowley said softly, reaching across the table to squeeze his hand once. I'll see you at the show. Aziraphale smiled that perfect smile at him and stood up from the table. Crowley watched him walk away with Michael, slipping out the door of the little restaurant. Crowley knocked back the rest of his coffee and called up Anathema. She didn't answer. I'm at work, Tony, he imagined her saying. I'll call you as soon as I can. I'm still here. Okay. Crowley wished he'd been able to take along with Aziraphale and Michael. Wished he had any kind of purpose for the rest of the day before basking in Aziraphale's radiance. Still a comedian at all? Crowley laughed bitterly out loud. <laughs> Barely, he mused honestly. He'd been so focused on not fucking up the intro class, and now so focused on Aziraphale, he hadn't thought about his own material in ages. Crowley frowned as he remembered his own comedy where once there had been an awful, sinking, horrid anxiety at the mere thought of his lack of new jokes, there was now something like calm. When he sat now at this idyllic little breakfast place in the light of a brave new world, wherein he was allowed to kiss Aziraphale fell, his daydreams were only of more kissing of more breakfast spent in one another's company, and maybe of getting the intro-class gang back together for some wackiness. Together, yeah, he thought of togetherness. Crowley checked his pocket. His little notebook was still there, purely out of habit at this point. His trousers would feel wrong without it. Aziraphale was going to crush it on stage tonight, and Crowley would be there to meet him afterwards, to hold his hand, and to kiss him, and maybe, hopefully, fuck, please, to not have a complete nervous breakdown. Yeah, Crowley signaled for another cup of coffee and put pen to paper. For the first time in a long time, he felt more excitement than fear. To be continued in Chapter 10